you are listening to Cosmic Children. I'm your host Kevin. Today we have a very, very interesting guest in the studio because he has his own podcast. Um, Mr. Coconuts, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Good day, everyone. Uh, my name is Reggie, better known as a financial coconut. So, okay. Yeah, we kind of just run our own podcast. Yeah, okay. So that's really fun. And happy to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's usually me on the other end. Okay. Right? Like me interviewing people. And yeah. It's kind of interesting to be, you know, on the other end of surf. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun. So I'm yeah. just going to grill for the next hour and a half then. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do, let's do it. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the financial coconut. Yeah. That raises a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. what is it that you talk about on your podcast? Could you, could you please elaborate? Cool. So, Financial Coconut, it's like a, it's a financial literacy podcast, essentially. Yeah. Right? It's the only one in Singapore. I know some people tell me it's not the only one because one of the radio channels has, has some snippets. Okay. And then they, they post it as a podcast. Yeah. And so I'm you like, don't recognize that yeah, as I'm like, a podcast. Dude, that is a radio snippet. Gotcha. <laughs> that is not a podcast. Yeah. It's not optimized for podcast listeners. Mm. You know, it's just like, you know, someone decided to cut it and just post it. Yeah. Right. So it's the only financial literacy podcast in Singapore. And I'm just trying to make finance fun, approachable and, you know, easy for people. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of where it is. So when you say it's not optimized for a podcast, is there a certain bar that you would determine as a, a, a podcast? Yeah. You know, like how um, radio station is like, it tends to be a bit more mundane. Mm. You know, because they have very long recording sessions and they yep. do it day in, day out. Yep. So most of them are very tired. And yeah. they, I think the word is jaded, right? Yeah, very jaded. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, if you do it every day and you talk about things that you may or may not be interested in, yeah. right? Because on the podcast, we are always choosing our audience. We're yep. choosing our guests. You yep. know, we are finding content that will benefit our demographic, right? Yes. So our following, you know, we know what we like. We know what we, we want to do. Yep. And we have a lot of creative, you know, independence. Creative yeah. independence. Yeah. But very, when, very strong words right Yeah, here. right. So, I mean, um, you just look at like the news people in Singapore, right? Like, like newscasters? Yeah, newscasters. Yeah. They all look like super sterile. Mm. <laughs> it's like, good morning, everyone. Today, yeah. the coronavirus case, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they all look super sterile. Mm. And I get it. You know, they need to... They be, have to present a sort yeah, of image, right? Right. So they have that neutral front yes. and they try to present themselves as objective. Okay. Right. So that's where it is. And it kind of translates into radio also. Mm. You know, while on the radio channels, it's a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. You know, more fun. They try to spice it up and jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, they try. Of course, it's because you don't have visual support, right? You know, like you want to get your audience, the interaction, you got to... There is some challenge when you only have an audio as a medium. And really good sound effects. Yeah, really good sound effects, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) dynamic guests, good voice, you know, all these kind of stuff. Uh, It's different. But when you look at, when you listen to like the radio people, it's just, it's just very flat. Mm. And the people that come on the the interviews, you know, they are just very standard. Standard. Okay. Yeah, very sterile environment. They don't grill the guest. Okay. You know, I, while I don't hope that you grill me. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know, that, that is on our agenda for today, actually. Standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, because it's very sterile, there's yeah. some questions that they don't go into. Yeah. And, you know, I personally find it very boring. Okay. Yeah. So I don't I don't consider that like a podcast. Mm. Yeah. So Stupids. you mentioned financial literacy. Yeah. What that is a combination of words that I don't see very often. Mm-hmm. Could you please elaborate what that is to someone who might not necessarily know what that means or to perhaps like a younger audience? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially being literate means you you understand what's yes. going on, right? So financially literate just means you understand finance 
right? Okay. Uh, but it is it is like like finance is so huge, right? As a, as a word in itself. So I think the goal of the podcast is to break it down so that everyone learns a little bit about finance every day. You know, okay. like a little bit about income, a little bit about your paychecks, a little bit about savings, you know, every day, a little bit, a little bit, and you compound that weekly mm. in a year or two or three years, you become more literate. Okay. Right. So I think that is that is where we're trying to go towards learning about personal finance, mm. you know, in a very palatable and enjoyable manner. Mm. Right. I think that is where, you know, we're going towards. There are a lot of people that write blogs. Yep. There are a lot of people that do infographics. They, you know, they write content, written content. Yeah. So I think it fits a certain demographic. Yep. It's cool. I personally I'm an audio learner. Right. What so what do you mean by that? Like I learn really well listening to things. Okay. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like in school, you go to lectures, everyone's like zoning out. Everybody's you know, zoning everyone's out. Everyone's zoning yeah. out. Yeah. But I could come out of the lecture hall and understand what the guy was saying. Just, okay. Just because it is an audio kind of. So you're the most hated in class then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you can say so. And yeah. But sometimes I think I know, but actually I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. But that yes. is a Singapore way, actually. Yeah. But, but at least it's because, it's because it is audio. Like I listen to audiobooks. Because oh, I, I, I read really slowly, mm. right? Uh, but I could binge like an audiobook for like eight hours. You know, mm. like, you know, you just go to the gym every day an hour and in eight days you're done with the book. That's right? an interesting way so, of looking so, at things. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, it's nice for me, right? But when you tell someone as a reader to listen, you know, to an eight hour worth of audiobook, they'll be yeah. like, my goodness, that's crazy. But they are fine with reading eight hours worth of books. Yes, yes. In fact, they may be fine with reading 80 hours worth of books, mm. right? Because that is the medium that they prefer. Yep. You know, so it's kind of like fitting a, you know, an audience that is not well served. Yep. Right. So that's kind of where it is for now. Yeah. So how did you find out that you were an audio learner? Uh, is it just through trial, trial and error? Ultra experimentation or even back in school. Yeah. So I think it's an it's a little bit of school days and a little bit of getting to know myself better over time. Okay. You know, I just read really slowly. You know, and can you can you can you paint me an example or a picture? Okay, so it's like my friend will lend me a book. Yeah. <laughs> like I really like that book. Harry Potter? Uh, the Bible? No, no. It's like any ren any like okay, I like to read like um romance. Nonfiction. Okay. Right? No romance. <laughs> like, oh I'm so bad with it. Okay, let me tell you. Like I fell asleep reading like Harry Potter, like like the first chapter. Or like I fell asleep reading like fiction, romance, mm. crime. Or I tried again and again. Okay. You know, and uh it I just doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> right? I just cannot imagine it. Right. You know, like like everyone tell me when when I read this book, it's like, oh, so much imagination, so exciting, mm. you know. But in my head, it's like, you know, uh, you word the for monkey word. With the symbols, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> Tom did something. I was like, oh, what? Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I don't get it. So I cannot, I cannot imagine through words, mm. right? So, and I realized I actually listen to Netflix. What do you mean by that? So you know how everyone watches Netflix, right? So when I, when yes. I, yeah, when I, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so. When I get onto a new show, um, maybe I will watch the first, second, third episode. Okay. And after that, I will not be looking at the show anymore. I'll just be listening to them. Interesting. Right. So the first three episodes will kind of already suss out the dynamics, the characters. Yeah. You know, where is it? How where is the it show gonna is be going to be like? Yeah. Yep. It's already, it's, you know, we already know. I, I know the colors. I know who is it. What's the, what's mm. the dynamics between all of them? 
And then I just go into an audio perspective. I just want to listen to them talk and, you know, my brain can automatically kind of imagine because of them speaking and because I already had prerequisite of, you know, their... You have the database of, yeah. of all these little things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So three episodes later, I'll be listening to Netflix. Right? Mm. And while I work, and I'll just, just listen. And yeah. it paints you a better picture like that? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, and it kind of helps because you you don't need to invest too much in terms of like your time, right? Like mm. you, you can, it just kind of entertain you over time, right? It's like it's like how people listen to podcasts. Mm. You can be driving and listening to a podcast. You can be working and listening to a podcast. It's the same same idea, right? You just, you can do something else and learn or be entertained over time, mm. right? And I realized I get distracted very easily when someone is speaking. What do you mean? Like, uh, I can work in like, super noisy places like McDonald's, you know, uh, it's like, ah, so noisy, you know. Where, where there's a lot of like little chitter chatter yeah, everywhere. Chitter chatter, gotcha. like, it becomes a, like white noise, right? Mm. So I can work in that kind of environment. But if like a pair of aunties start sitting next to me and they have their own like private conversation, it becomes really loud, right? Mm. I just cannot, I can, I will follow their conversation. You know, whatever they're saying okay. just comes into my ears. I'm like, auntie, my goodness, you know. So if, there is enough noise in the background, you can block it out. Yes. But if it's something, let's say, proximity close to yes. you, you will tend to zone in on that. Yeah. Oh, when that when it's too vivid, when it's too vivid, when I can when I can make out what is going on. Mm. Right. It's so uh yeah, and it actually translates to when I work. So when I work, you know, I gotta write scripts, I gotta do some decks, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> and uh maybe not. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun. Uh, when you when it flows right when when it doesn't flow your writer's block yep. you know all this kind of sh- all this kind of stuff it's just yeah it's it's not always fun sometimes it's fun but either way when I write when I write you know we all work in English most of the time yes. right and I will make it a point to listen to Mandarin songs what yeah so it doesn't affect my flow because I'm thinking in English mm. but the songs are coming out in Mandarin. Right, so I'll be like, okay, I can just do. But if I'm listening to Adele, I'll probably sort with her. I'll not be able to. You like, just write the lyrics, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the when that <laughs> so, is okay. Yeah, so I become. I realize that I'm very sensitive to sound, very sensitive to, you know, like words and like audio kind of, you know, dynamics. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So then I realize that I do enjoy listening i do enjoy learning through an audio medium and when it comes to finance i don't see anything right no, what, what what do you mean by that like like i'm actually really amazed that i'm the first financial literacy podcast mm. i'm like there are tons of content out there everyone is publishing their content you know like writing blogs doing articles doing videos yes but no one is doing a podcast Mm. Right and I'm till like, you came along, yeah. So I'm like, hey, why not? Right, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Right, we fill the gap. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's pretty fun because it just kept growing and growing and growing, and I'm like, whoa, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty nice, and people start reaching out. Wow. Right, and I'll be like, hey, this is something. That means that means there are a lot of people that actually prefer the audio medium. Yep. Right, they, they enjoy listening. Right, yep. so. I mean, all of you are listening to a podcast. So, you know, you like it. So we all like it. And I hope to make it a thing also, like more podcasts, you know, more local content, you know, enough of like all the foreign content that, you know, they they put up examples that I don't get it. I don't get their jokes. I don't get their context. Mm. You know, like, yeah, we can do more local content. 
Yeah. Mm. That's kind of where it is. Interesting. So we're in an age of uh, people having the the means to to share their own content, as you said. Mm-hmm. How does one discern through what is uh, real and what is authentic and what is false information? Because with something as vague as you said, as financial literacy and doing a cursory glance at Google, there is a lot, a lot of information bordering the point of saturation that for, for someone that might not know where to begin, how do you, I guess, format your content to a certain way that it's, it's palatable for, let's say, a beginner? Wow, Where does that, one start, really? That is quite a question. Yeah, because, very loaded question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just asking from the perspective of where, where does one even start? Because mm. there, there are some people. Okay, in, in in recent years, the the term passive income has become really, really popular. Everybody wants to be a have passive income. Yeah, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody is a sort of <laughs> entrepreneur these days, or yeah, they want yeah, to be. Yeah. So what what is your take on all these? Yeah. So I. I do agree that the market is saturated with content, right? Mm. And all sorts of perspectives. How do you filter out what works, what doesn't work, yep. what is accurate, what is fluff? Yeah. You know, and uh, it's going to be a challenge. Definitely it's going to be a challenge. So, which is why all these content creators, they try to build a brand. Yes. Right? So when you build that brand, you become that, that go-to, that go-to channel, right? Yeah. They go-to go podcast, they go-to blog, and, and you build that trust. You know, so over that takes time on the content creator's end, yeah, right. And when you're an audience or when you're you kind of take in all these kind of content, you will also naturally go towards the branded ones. But to sieve out all these other new and upcoming ones, you know, you just kind of have to go with it for a while. You to know, see what attracts you, yeah, to see what attracts you and what works. But I personally recommend, okay, although I do a podcast and I love- Don't listen know, to mine, listen to someone else. Or yeah, like, listen to mine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I do a podcast and I love it. Listen to mine, yes, but read a book. Right? Okay. So, so although I talk about like, like audio and stuff, right? Yeah. And like in my podcast, I make it very simple to, you know, pick up 15 minutes and learn three points on a particular thing, right? Okay. On savings, income, investing, whatever. Yeah. You know, so we kind of, we, we define everything very narrowly so it's very easy for people to, to pick up. Three mm. pointers in 15 minutes. Yeah. But you realize that most of these people that are churning content, they're mostly rehashing from books, mm. right? Because all these books that are published, they go through a very rigorous process before they are being published. I'm sure. Right, so research, and yeah, tons whatever, of research yeah. and you know proofreading and editing and you know because it's so expensive, you know the publishers will not publish a random guy. Of course, you know they'll not publish random content. But of course, these days they're self-published books. So yeah. I gotta that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah, whole different story. Put a caveat out there. Yeah, I'm talking about like published content, yeah. right? Like proper publishers, they are you know investing a lot in publishing all these kind of content. Yep, and they tend to be a lot more rigorous in terms of what they put out, you know. And also, I would think you want to read the older stuff, you know, because they have, t- you know, stood the test of time. 
Okay. Right. You know, a lot of people like to read the, the new thing, right? Yeah. Bestseller, blah, yeah, blah, top blah. Top 10, really. Top 10, yeah. right? You don't, you don't actually scroll through top, beyond top 10, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, top 10, nothing. Okay. Well, well, oh, close the window. We go to the next, next. I mean, you're kind of conditioned by Google. You just yeah. look at the top one, really. The search yeah, results. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Oh my God. Come to think of it, when was the last time I clicked page two on Google? Oh, never. <laughs> never. I mean, page it's 10, like, have you even yeah. ventured that no, far back? No. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, exactly. So, we're in this age where so much content and all these kind of filters so important to us, right? So, when you look at the publishers as a form of filter, mm. right? you want to go for the really old books because if they're so old and they're still around, then why not? Like the Bible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They've been yeah. around, right? Yeah. So, they have you know, stood the test of time, right? Mm. So I, I personally think if you want to really pick up deep knowledge in whatever aspect of finance, you try to pick up the old books and, you know, just try to look at those stuff. Has there been a book that has impacted you greatly? Wow, there have been, there've been many books, you know. Uh, I talk about, I think one of these books, uh, so I'm quite an avid investor. I invest in the stock market. Okay. And so... I think the intelligent investor is like by this guy called Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham. Yeah, okay. which supposedly is the mentor of Buffett. You know, okay. Like, like Warren Buffett. So yeah, maybe because of that, he that book was pretty popular. But yep. when you when I read through that book, uh, I get it why it's to the test of time because they just keep publishing, you know, updates, updates, updates over time yeah. based on the same content that they have published like maybe 70 years ago. 70 years yeah. ago. So then there's before war, after yeah. World War I, before World War II. Yeah. So so and and they have like new new releases, like have like first first one and yep. then like a second iteration, third yep. iterations. And through that process, they keep adding new perspectives, you know, like okay. new new market happening, something happened, and then yep. they add in, they try to make this whole thing flow. Right. Okay. So so I think that's a pretty good book, but caution that it's a very complicated book to read you must really like it and uh because the english is really old and it's like okay you know it's like they kind of stick to the stylist the stylistic style of so it's very flowery yeah of that era right gotcha. so so you know it has not it has not updated itself to fit our palette now mm. so you kind of have to go through that process so no hashtags no hashtags no like Thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's very old school. But it's a good book. Um, I in, think it's a good book. In, in keeping up with the times, are you able to give us a TLDR of that book? Or what have you learned from it? Or what can you remember learning from it? Essentially, it talks about what kind of stocks you should pick. Okay. Right? So it talks about how do you evaluate the business, you know, and because behind every stock, there is a business. Yes. Right? So based on that business, you decide whether you want to own that company. Mm. And not based on the price movement of that stock, mm. right? So, and then he talks about how do we evaluate the businesses, right? From looking at the management to looking at the business, looking at the growth aspects of the business. You know, how do we value companies? At what price should we buy companies at? You know, all these kind of all this kind of stuff can be a little complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, check out my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna filter some of those stuff and just kind of make into a few episodes that are easier for people to pick up. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is part of the financial literacy that you were talking about, yeah. which is like a small part of small. which is under the, the, the umbrella of in investing. Yeah, yeah. It's a very okay. small part actually, because you know it's like 
you have your savings, you have your income, yeah. your expenses, you know, all these different verticals. And yeah, investing is a small part. And even within investing, there's so many strategies, right? Mm. So many ways to do it. And yeah, I personally don't think anyone should really pick stocks if they're part-time investors. How? So yeah. you say you're an avid yeah. investor. Yeah. And you say part-time investor. What What do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you don't at least study like two, three hundred companies, just two, wait, wait, two, three hundred. Yeah. Not Dif- two or three. Not two or three, oh, okay. right? So if if you're just like, you know, you know, my friend said this company is pretty good. Or, you know, you, yeah, you yeah. hear and say, and you you're trying to look for insider information, you know, you you're like you're like amateur. Amateur, yeah, okay. But if you're part-time, it will be like uh you kind of know what's going on, but you just don't have that time to study so many. You know, okay. so, so you you only study 20 or 30 companies, then chances of you like actually profiting a lot from from the market is, is not huge and the work is a lot of I can imagine. work. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta read through like hundreds of pages just for one company. Right? What are you reading through? Yeah. Financial statements. Oh, yeah, and a report. Okay, okay. Right. Oh, Every Jesus. yeah, cheesy. Those are like Okay, but don't don't be afraid of it. They write in English. Okay, so it's not like worse. It's, <laughs> not, <laughs> it's not tons of jargons. You know, there are some jargons involved. Uh, but but yeah, I think and in, in a lot of annual statements these days, uh, annual reports, the investor relation team. There is a team in every company that manages this, and they try to make it very palatable for people to understand. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So every time they use, if you read from the start, of course you don't open in the middle of that report and you expect to understand. Yeah. You read from the start, they will kind of tell you what does this mean, you know, what is this terms, blah blah blah, and then they they kind of help you into. They kind of ease you into. Yeah, it. ease you into it. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's nice. So, but I don't suppose that there is a formula for investing, right? It's it's about understanding the company. And as you say, the valuation of the company. Mm. But wouldn't you, from my perspective, isn't it very um, biased? It is. How, how you evaluate the company. It is. It is quite individualistic how you see the company, how you perceive society will move towards a certain direction. Exactly. Because I can imagine when, what was the guy's name? Benjamin Graham? Uh-huh, uh-huh. 70 years ago, there wasn't an internet. Yeah. There wasn't technology. The landscape is very, very different. Yes. So how... How do you apply um, knowledge from from back then today? Because things are so different today. The, the speed at which you can get information is very, very different. Yeah, you can get bite-sized or bite-sized chunks of information from various avenues, from articles even. Yeah. yeah. So I fully agree that there are tons of biases, you know, in all your theses, right? Every time you want to buy a certain company, you have this you build this thesis in your head and it was like, okay, we're going to buy this company and, and you don't realize that there are actually a lot of biases. Mm. And in finance, I think there is like a fetish to make everything very predictable. What do you mean by that? So everything is like, they create models, right? So people try to create models and they try to make the models as exquisite as possible so that it feels like they could predict what is going on. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Facebook is growing at this rate yes. for like 20% a, a year. Yes. You know, I can't remember exactly, but about 20% a year. And they predict that it will continue to grow 20% a year. But that is an assumption because you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Right. But of course, we make educated guesses. Educated guesses. Yeah, right. So we've, we factor in 
standard deviation, variance, all yeah. those kind of stuff, right? Uh, I hope I hope I hope you're following me. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's just just to get it straight, it is not gambling. It's an it educated is, guess. It's an educated guess. <laughs> yeah, there, there are fundamental differences. Okay, yes. okay. Although there is a research that kind of puts the kind of probability at about 37% similar to gambling. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, you got 40% in gambling. <laughs> 60% educated guess, 40% luck. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. All the best, guys. Yeah. So that is, that is the kind of, you know, reality that we have to work with. We need to realize that it is dynamic in nature. You know, if the models become too complicated, because every time you create a model, you have assumptions. Yes. Right, and when the model is too complicated, then there are tons of assumptions. Yeah. Then your assumption list is like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Then it's like, my goodness, if I have ten assumptions on this model, then this model flopped. Mm. Right, I I'm just trying to make it make Work. myself feel, yeah. yes, make myself feel comfortable and try to make it sound like it works. Mm. Right, but the reality is, it is very complicated, and a lot of these investment companies or these financial companies, they hire the brightest brains, right? Mm. And they are the ones doing day in, day out, all these kind of stuff. So they are what I call full-time people, right? Interesting. Yeah. And and for us, retail investors, you know, we got to have some reality check. You call us retail investors. investors. Yeah. So what, what what is the difference? So retail investors, this is a technical term, right? Yeah. So institutional investors are essentially institutional. institutions, right? Like so government bodies? Government bodies, uh, hedge funds, mm. you know, like different fund managers. Okay. You know, so those are like institutions. Okay. Right? Retail are people like us, you know, like... Like you, not, yeah, okay. not me, you. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Like me and... Uh, like retail businesses, like uh, yeah. would you consider Facebook, Google? No, like retail, like... like like you go to the supermarket and you buy some stuff, you are the retail. You're the retailer, right? As in, they are the retailer, you're, you're the, the buyer. Customer, you're yeah. the customer, yes. <laughs> so as a retail investor, essentially you're like a customer in the stock market, you know, but you're oh. you're the individual. You're not like an institution. You're, you have no institutional backing, yep. Yep. right? So you're the individual, you go to the stock market, which is like the supermarket. You go there and you shop. Mm. Yeah, so as a retail investor, that is kind of where it is, yep. right? And so many... Uh, forces are against us because we don't have as big a capital. We don't have the capacity to hold. And you're only one person. Yeah, only one person. There's only so much you can do. So there is a movement towards index investing. You know, like what trying is index to, investing? Essentially, it's like buy the broad market, you know. Okay. Yeah, so instead of picking individual stocks, you buy that broad, like everything in the market, yep. right? So you buy like a representation of this market. Yep. You know, so I personally think if you are a part-time investor, do it. I think that is a... Do a, that. Yeah, do that. Do that. That would be a better way to manage your workload. Mm. Right? It's going to be a lot of work if you're trying to pick stocks all the time. and Because you were saying you have to do 200 to 300. Yeah, yeah. On average, I think you need to study... Okay, if it's like, let's say you want to buy a gaming company. Right? I think... Yep. Let's say you want to buy like Activision, right? I bought Activision, okay. so but I'm not giving you an advice to buy Activision. <laughs> I must put this caveat You're on facing there a lot of controversy right because now. Because this is this is uh, illegal. I'm not supposed to give anyone advice yeah. to buy anything unless I'm licensed. Interesting, right? So there are a lot of licensing bodies in finance, mm. and yeah, I just so wanna... don't buy Activision. But yeah. please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you know you yeah. want to buy Activision. Okay, yes. let's say you're exploring this idea of buying a gaming company. Yes. 
you cannot just be studying Activision. You got to be studying its competitors. You got to mm. be studying the whole landscape of the industry. Interesting. Right? So in the industry, there are big boys, Activision, EA Games, yep. you know, uh, what is the Take-Two Interactive. Yes. Right? So those are the three big boys. And then you have the smaller people like Zynga doing mobile games, you know. Oh, Tencent even. Yeah, Tencent, you know, it's a Chinese counterpart. They are, they are not small actually. They're big. They're huge. Yeah, they're huge, right? So, you know, all these kind of different people in the gaming industry, you got to look at all of them. Yeah. You got to see who is winning the game, you know, who is who is doing one and their strategy in the general direction of the industry and yep. the company, mm. right? So it's it's not like, oh, my friends say Facebook, very good, I buy Facebook, you know? It's like... Mm. And it's not even like, oh, you... Because you're a fan of, let's say Activision, for example, mm. you're a fan of them, they have a game releasing, that's why you think the stock will go up, it's not like uh, that, right? Yeah, it's not like that, it's not like that. So... If you're a fan, stay a fan. Mm. <laughs> Don't become an investor just because you're a fan. Wise words. Yeah, right. So it, it's 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 the same for like, you know, okay, I, I don't know. It's like, we were talking about entrepreneurship, right? Like a lot of people wants to, you know, start their own cafe. I, I'm not sure if it's still cafe a thing. Bar, uh, <laughs> cafe bar, cafe bar, business in air quotes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, many people want to do an own cafe and I tell them that, you know, if you want to do your own cafe, it's probably because you like to go to cafes, right? Probably mm. you are cafe hopper. You yep. know, maybe you just kind of, you like the ambiance, you have your favorite cafe and you hope that you can do your own, Yep. right? So an average startup capital of cafe is about 300,000. Jesus, I was expecting yeah. 30, but 300 works. 300, it's just 000. one more zero behind. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And that is like, uh, you know, you got to be really... You got to know what you're doing and you got to try to find like secondhand stuff, you know, to to mm. to kind of make it work. Maybe maybe 150 you can do it if you're very serious. You have to hemorrhage for yeah. a certain couple of months to yeah. get a reputation on first. Yeah, and most people break even in three years. So that's <laughs> most people won't even survive. Three yeah, years. most people won't survive three years. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a challenging business. So when when I look at it, statistically, it is not not viable. Right? It's a big fall. Yeah, it's a big fall. It's yeah. crazy, right? So why not you just by Starbucks, right? You you take you take oh. you take hundred fifty thousand. You you own Starbucks. You take the other hundred fifty thousand, and you can have cafe all your life. That is interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Okay. Right. So yeah. So when I, when I look at it exactly, when, if you're a fan, you don't need to be an investor. Or you don't need to start something just because you're a fan. Yeah. Buy that big boy. I don't think it's 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 it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing. You know, relative to, I personally would buy Starbucks any day mm-hmm. compared to starting my own cafe and yeah that's so you've had the thought before i actually did a, a, like a tea house before gotcha yeah so it's it's very challenging and i've some friends in the fmb industry and my goodness you look at the amount of hours they put in and it's like 25 hours a day yeah, when did you get an yeah, extra yeah, hour yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like i want to meet you come to my restaurant i want to meet you come to my yeah. cafe i'm like my goodness bro can you just come out like, <laughs> right you know, but but they just can't they cannot afford to do that because yeah. they cannot hire you know they cannot they even if they have the budget to hire they can yeah. they are not able to find anyone who wants to work at a cafe right yeah. other than like students yeah. right but Students only work on holidays. Yes. Right, you know, when school starts. And when they feel like. Yeah, when they feel like <laughs> it, right? I mean, we all students once. You yeah. always tell your boss, oh, boss, stomach, hey, I cannot make it. Yeah. You know, but actually it's like, hey, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go to land. You know, do some stuff. I think it's interesting. Um, You mentioned that there's a lot of uh, people wanting to, to do their own thing, to start their own ventures. Do you think it's a good or bad thing? Because it's it could be seen as that there is a lot of malleability with the way we can do things nowadays. We can venture off on our own, make our own success, really. Yeah. And I would imagine that 
is very alluring as opposed to how our parents might have uh, worked towards an income, which is basically like a nine to five job. I mean, that is the 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 standard model that I would assume that a lot of people grew up with. Like the yes. parents would go to work, work the entire day, work for 10, 20 years within the same job and climb the ladder. Yeah. So I would imagine the allure of being your own boss, commanding yeah, your own hours, yeah. even... Um, having like like a team under you it, it's very alluring and it the is. fact that people is able to 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 go off on their own path mm-hmm. i think it's a fact that maybe society has evolved to a level where isn't like in, income streams aren't as fixed anymore you can earn income in a lot of different ways if you know how to capitalize on your skills yes i agree and that is it's it's pretty difficult to say good or bad yet you know let me yet yet. let me let me share some stuff like i personally think it's good when it comes to the democratization of opportunities because Mm. of the internet right so it's like we're doing a podcast now you know in the past you know uh you gotta be on the radio radio station station, hey use me use me use me right and you know and you you now you have youtube right you have tons of people on youtube or everyone's trying to be a you know youtube star and you know, in the past, you only have like MediaCorp, right? Oh, okay. And that's not even the most past. You know, you could go further and become like TVB or whatever, right? I think the new thing now is TikTok, not YouTube. Yeah, TikTok is a yeah. thing, right? So, oh my God, TikTok. <laughs> so, <laughs> so TikTok is a thing now and yeah. uh, you see all these kind of platforms and... Um, what do you think they're selling? Let's say for YouTube. What do you think they're selling? You mean like YouTube itself or like... YouTube, The yeah. creators, you know... When I look at YouTube, YouTube essentially they they're, they're very smart. So what happens is YouTube they don't they don't need to spend money to produce their own content, mm. right? And they just need to focus on looking for like ads, you know. And mm. and the reality is actually they don't really need to look for ads because they have such a pool of people. They reach yes. a point where they have this pool of people, yeah. and you know when you have a pool of people, everyone wants to. Leverage. They are know? the incumbent now. Yeah, right. So so they are the dominant player. Compared to Vimeo. Yeah, like compared to like maybe Netflix or yeah. compared to like uh like Roku or compared to like HBO, right? Mm. Everyone is on on everyone's streaming, right? But they use a very traditional way of you know doing media, which is mm. to pay the producers, to pay the company. Mm to create and then stream through them, yeah. right? So they essentially cut the cord, but they use the same strategy, yeah. right? So instead of watching on TV, now you are on the internet, you're streaming. Mm. But this way of doing things is very expensive. It is, because right? you have to fork out X amount of money, yeah. it might go over budget, yes. when the show gets produced, it might get shitty ratings, it might yeah, suck. Yeah, it might suck. You never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's like Netflix, I think they were burning $18 billion to, to, to date or something I like that. I can't even count that high. Yeah, just, yeah, just on producing content. And yeah. it's like, you know how some Netflix shows, they start as nobody, right? Like, okay, most Netflix shows starts as, starts as nobody. Like, Orange is a New Black, right? Mm, yes, the first yes. three episodes, who knew what they were? But yeah. they became so huge that when they re-signed a contract, the prices went up. Mm. Like, you no, know, Netflix had to pay so much more to keep the show yeah. going. And, yeah. you know, so that business model, it's very challenging to keep going. Mm, it'll right? reach a certain point where it's not profitable. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's already happening for a lot of these guys, you know, in the business. Yeah. 
So Disney's in the game now, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, HBO has been around, of course, Amazon Prime, you know, all these. But some of these other businesses have other businesses to support this yes. streaming business. But Netflix is, is a loner in this. They only do this, mm. right? They don't do other stuff. You Do Do you know the history of Netflix? That there used to be like a... a DVD. A, vi- like, yeah, a video yeah, rental. Yeah, a video rental. Company, like, yes. like Blockbuster, which is yeah, like, the, yeah. like the, the Western equivalent, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Because for... I would imagine for a teenager growing up in this era, like they were born in the, the 2000s, you, you, you tell them the, the concept of, oh, you have to go to a store, you have to write on a piece of paper to loan out a video. I don't think they would get it. Yeah, they, they only know streaming. Exactly. Yeah, so, so, for, for, so for Netflix to grow from something like that to this, how it is right now and how... Mm. I would believe also that when Netflix came out with the model of how they do their episodes, they, mm-hmm. they release everything at once. Yeah. I think that was a pretty big game changer as well. It is. They they changed all... You know, Essentially, they tried their best to... The to, D word. Yeah. Disrupt. You know, yeah, to disrupt yeah. and to lure you onto their platform. Yeah. But the challenge with the way they do it is everyone can do the same. What do you yeah. mean? So it's like, you see... Disney doing similar stuff. You see, like, you know, like they were the dominant boys at first. Yeah. You know, but because it proved to, you know, like it works. Mm. And then every other streaming platform are doing the same thing. Every other company is yeah. starting to have their own streaming Yeah, they're all now. coming into this streaming war, right? Yeah. Trying to do this thing. So Netflix was smart. I, I you know, I think they're, they're really cool, you know. And when you talk about the DVD thing, right? That day I was just, I was just lying down on my bed and I looked to my left that I had a, I have an organ there. Okay. And and I saw that floppy disk drive. On the organ? Oh. Yeah, yeah you know that the, elec- the, the electric electro- one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The electric organ. And yeah. then there's that the floppy disk drive. Wow. And I was like, my goodness, floppy disk drive. Yeah. You know, it's like that was like, my goodness, who knows what is floppy disk drive exactly. these days, right? Yeah. So so technology changes, we move on and 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 things goes, right? As mm. Which, which when we bring back to like YouTube, mm. right? YouTube essentially changed the whole ball game. Mm. They don't need to create their own content. They create a platform for all these content creators to come in and make this platform very vibrant so mm. that then they bring the ads to come in, right? To, to, so essentially, they share that kind of opportunities with everyone, right? Mm. They, they democratize the reach. They, they make it so easy for you. They make it so easy for us. Yeah. You know, like Spotify, they make it so easy for us. We can just do our own podcast. Yeah. You know, and like Weebly, Wix, so easy to make a website yeah. now. Everyone can make a website. Of course, yeah. uh, if you use WordPress, WordPress got a lot of virus. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Not a knock yeah. against yeah, yeah. them, but yeah. <laughs> but yes, you know, WordPress is a lot of issue. But anyway, so yeah. You, you get the idea because of technology, because of all these kind of platforms that, that are out there. It makes it so easy for all of us to do it. So the allure to, to do it, it's, it's there. Yep. I, don't, I don't blame anyone for wanting to do it. In fact, I recommend you to do it. Mm. If that is what you want to do, just get it done. Just do it. And honestly, you never know what's going to happen. The challenge is detaching yourself emotionally. You what know, do you mean? if things don't work, you know, so it's like your first venture. Okay, so I've done a lot of different ventures and it gets emotional at first because it feels like, you know, I'm going to like do this. This is my thing. Like the grand right? vision, yeah, right? Yeah, this is the vision, right? Okay, so, okay. So you put everything in, you know, you tell everyone you're going to do this and, you know, a year later it just doesn't work, right? Mm. So 
for most first-time entrepreneurs, people get very emotional. You know, things don't work and I don't blame you. It's like first time you fall in love, right? Yep, okay. Your, your first relationship when you break up is like, my God, heavens just came down. Mm. Right? But actually, it's just a relationship that, that just didn't work. After you mourn for like yeah. three months. Love. After you mourn for three months <laughs> and you go to another three or four partners, right? And you'll be like, okay, like she's just another one of them. It just doesn't Interesting. work. Interesting. Right? So it's the same idea. When, when, you, when, you are, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to realize that your first venture may not be that adventure. All right? it, it may just be your trial run. It may okay. just be you learning on the, on the go, right? Mm. It's just, so one time, two times, three times later, you will find the hang of how things work, mm. right? And from there, you, you will naturally become better at it, right? But a lot of people, they fail to move on to the second one, to the third one, to the fourth one. I personally believe that it has part to do with the system in Singapore. The system? Yeah. So like, like the cookie cutter system in Singapore, like the Singapore dream, right? It's mm. you work hard, you you get a good school, go to get a good grades, get a good job and you you get a HDB. Ah. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that is like a thing, right? And I think it's okay if, if that is what you want to do. Yep. In fact, I, I applaud the country for being able to do something like that. That means any average Joe can go down this path more or less yeah. right uh, yeah of it's course it's a very wide path very wide path mm. but you know of course there are a lot of nuances we can go on and on but the general path and the general norm isn't that bad mm. you know when I hear my friends talk about you know oh life's so tough I cannot travel I'm like bro you're thinking about traveling yeah 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 it's like it's like how do you know like it's a bad year oh I never travel you know that's a bad year mm. you know so, so that kind of shows you that the norm is not that bad so when the norm is at such a quality, it's very tough for entrepreneurs to keep doing and taking the risks and trying to go beyond that. You know, whereas in many other countries, when I travel around Malaysia, yep. especially, right, you meet all these entrepreneurs and they're all very, very serial. They just keep doing and doing and doing. Serial? Yeah, if they fail this, they will try another one. They fail this, they'll try another one. You know, of course, because when you look at what is the alternative, the alternative is going to work and making like you know, maybe minimum, wage. minimum right? So, yeah. uh, fresh grads in Malaysia, they make about 2.5 to 3 ringgit. And how much is that in Sing dollars? So, you divide by 3. So, it's like maybe a thousand or less. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, of course, of course, you live there, you cannot just like divide it like that, you know. But the currency of Singapore does give us a lot of global opportunities, mm. right? It's like, you want to buy us, you want to buy a stock in, in the US, from USD to Sing dollar, it's like 1.38, right? It's not okay. that crazy, right? Yeah. From USD to like Ringgit, it's like six. Yo. Yo, bro. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, whoa, oh, it's killer. Yeah, you, you, you could, are killing me. Yeah, yeah okay, it's like, okay. you can buy a house, you know, like you can pay a deposit and if you just mm. want to buy some shares in, in the US, you can buy a house in Malaysia. So when you look at it that way, because because our mean is so strong and, and such a good life, it's very tough to breed entrepreneurs. You know, why would I want to take a risk? Why would I want to go beyond that? Mm. Right? So, but if you can go beyond that, you can go through your one, two, three trials, you start to reach a state where you actually understand businesses. You understand how things work. You understand that a lot of times there are trends, there are like, timing you know that mm. you know it's it's not opportunity yeah, yeah the yeah. opportunities it's not all about how good you are you mm. know sometimes it is just the trend you know it's like okay it's like me right I, I run a financial literacy podcast and I'm the only one so 
it's just so easy because mm-hmm. I'm the only one. If you go on Spotify, you search Singapore Finance, that's me. That's only one. It's not like one, two, three, four, you know? Mm. It's only one podcast. So I would say it's like a it's like a gap. You know, I found a gap, there's an opportunity, we do it. Yeah. Right. But if you wanna like start your own cafe, the tons of cafes, you know, you compete with everyone. Right? Only, I think at this point in time in 2020, mm. almost anything that you wanna do, there is at least a couple of people doing it. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So I think that is that is accurate. That is fair. But at the same time, we gotta look at it, you know, on the on the broader scale, right? Uh most people will not monopolize the whole market. No. Right? But if the market already has dominant players, then you are David versus Goliath. Mm. Right? David won, by the way. <laughs> you gotta try so hard. Start right? that cafe. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I get it, right? But you gotta try really hard, you know, mm. to, to do it. Like I hope you're David, but <laughs> but you get the idea. Yes. So, but with society such as Singapore, where mm. you said things are pretty comfortable, yeah, and it breeds a certain level of passive, being passive to, to a certain degree, wouldn't that mean that compared to countries such as Malaysia, mm-hmm. there will always be more hunger over there for not not just say uh, business, mm. but for things in general. Yeah, I do think so. My interaction so. For all those, for all you that don't know yet, I live in KL. Mm. Right? He's, he's traveling back. Later. Yeah, I travel. <laughs> I travel back and forth, back and forth, and uh, for business reasons, for for life reasons. So, yep. KL is a lot more affordable, and I'm staying in KL. Yeah. All right. So, my time in KL has showed me, you know, how the KL people, or how the Malaysians are so much more opportunistic. Opportunistic. You know, because okay. they, like you said, that you know they don't really have you know, as many opportunities and their currency is smaller, they have challenges importing stuff, you know, all these different uh, elements make them more hungry, right? Would you yeah. say desperate? I wouldn't say desperate. I think okay. Malaysia is not like kampong, please guys, right? Like, mm, mm. You know, when some people, I tell them, you know, I live in Kale, I'm like, oh, why you go Kale? I'm like, I'm like, bro, seriously. I, I did that just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, why, right? I'm like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, bro, seriously, um, Kale is not a kampong, mm. right? Yeah. There are kampongs in Malaysia. Yeah, it's so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're huge, right? And uh, but Kale, it's it's a metropolitan city, right? And there are a lot of opportunities there, maybe not as much as in Singapore. Okay. You know, because okay, why do I say so? Because from a perspective of jobs, there are big companies here. In Singapore. You know, yeah, huge okay. companies here in Singapore, you get much better jobs. You get paid much better. Do you have better pickings? Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Right? Because, you know, in Malaysia, they also have a lot of MNCs, but most of the MNCs, they will put uh, operations over there. You know, they put their admin stuff. They put their back-end stuff over there. So, they tend not to pay as much. Mm. And there are many reasons why they put, like, there are many reasons why a lot of MNCs put their base here in Singapore, right? So we got a great financial system. Money comes in out very easily accounted for. Mm. You know, um, there's a good reputation, you know, as it's a company, easy it's easier. You know, yeah. I, t- I tell you my license in Singapore and I tell you my license in Malaysia, you'll be like, I, I choose a Singapore one. You know, it's like, <laughs> we have done a good job doing that. Mm. And many people probably didn't know that the internet exchange is in Singapore. What is the internet exchange? So, Everyone thinks internet is like this, you know, uh, in the air kind of transmission. Isn't it? You know, actually internet's, it's thick optic 
fiber wires that goes under the sea. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, short distance transmission within the room, you mm. get all these Wi-Fi stuff, right? But, you know, the big cables are what really transmits the data back and forth, all these mm. different countries. Yep, yep. Singapore is the internet exchange within you know, Asia, within like Southeast Asia. So all from Philippines, Vietnam, everywhere, they all pull their cables to Singapore. Mm. So we have super low latency, you know, we have like the fastest uptime. It's just so much easier to do a lot of stuff It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Though. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we have the biggest port, the second largest port in the world here. Mm. Right, so our port is very efficient, you know, you want to transfer, you know, you want to send goods in and out, it's very easy. Yeah. So, we cannot deny that some of the best jobs will be here because we have such good infrastructure. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, I know a lot of people say the market is very small, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. If you want to do business and you want to start in Singapore, you got to go regional at least, right? Mm. Your market is regional. But in Singapore, we do have a lot of funding and I think the government is funding a lot, you know, relative to other countries, right? And... Uh, Although they started using scholars, you know, to mm -hmm. you know, like like many other agencies that the government start, they always bring their scholars because that is what they know. Yeah. But I think these days, uh, like Enterprise Singapore, a lot of these agencies, they are bringing on entrepreneurs to be advisors and to to actually be part of these agencies to promote entrepreneurship. So they're being, you know, I think more relevant these days, yep. right? So when you compare Singapore to Malaysia. I think Singapore has a lot more opportunities. It's a lot easier to do it here. But yeah. because I always tell my friends it's the it's the ramen theory, right? It's you know have you remembered those days when you had Ajisan ramen? Right? Is it the one with the, the girl as the mascot? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That was the only one. And everyone goes to Ajisan ramen and it was like, oh, it is the ramen. You know, like mm. everyone likes it. But because they are the only one around, there's no basis for comparison. You don't know. It's not your choice. Yeah, you, you, yeah mm. and it's only one, right? It's, it's the only ramen. But when people became more affluent, people could travel to Japan or when all these other ramen shops started yeah, to appear. That's how shitty it is. <laughs> right? And you'll be like, oh, Ajisan, man. These days ah, when I look at Ajisan, I'm like, why are you still around? Right? Mm. right? So it's, it's that basis for comparison. And when you're in Singapore and you live here all your life, you will never feel that difference. You know, in terms of opportunity. Of course, if you go, if you travel to study, yeah. then you're already part of the affluent community. Yes. So you will not see the difference anyway. Yeah. Right. So for the majority of people that are from humble, very simple backgrounds, you know, where both parents are working and yeah. they don't live in like huge houses. Yeah. Like, a, like a modest lifestyle. Yeah, like a very yeah. modest... Middle Singa income. Yeah, Singapore mid yeah, middle income. Middle, middle to low, yeah. Yeah, right. So if you come from that kind of background, chances are you will not be able to appreciate, you know, that we have all these kind of opportunities around and we're mm. always, you know, because we only have one bowl of ramen. You don't see, you know, all these perspectives. Because I was actually interviewing one of my friends in Malaysia. Yeah. And he came to Singapore. He was a chef in Malaysia. Okay. You know, and he came to Singapore about five years ago and he got a job here and mm. doing the same thing. And he was paid like, you know, two, a lot better. A lot better. Two two point eight ringgit to two point eight Sing dollars, Ooh, right? That's so like that's like three six, times. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you know, you, you have so much more, and from because of that capacity, because of that exchange rate, and because he works in Singapore, he has a kind of global springboard. So he told me that during the three years that he was working here in Singapore, 
he could travel. He could go to Europe. He could go to Japan. He could go to, you know, Cambodia, India, mm. all these different places. He could backpack around, and that's because he was making sing dollars. Mm. You know, you, just across the border. Just across the border, you you would have it would have been so difficult to do whatever he has done, mm. living in KL. I can imagine. Right. So, and from here in Singapore, he managed to save that money, yeah. and pursue an internship in Noma, which is. Oh yeah, shit. like the best oh, wow. restaurant in the world, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, that's what everyone says, right? I'm, I'm not trying <laughs> it, but that's yeah, what yeah. everyone says. So okay, I'm just echoing them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go to Denmark, and he did an internship there, and it grew his exposure. All these people that come from all over the world, they spend money to go to Noma and intern. So you get all the brightest and the most enthusiastic people in the yeah. chefing world and yeah. Noma. And that is because he came to Singapore and worked and made Sing Dollar and save up and went to Noma. Yep. Right? So all of us, we many of us, we don't see that. And I didn't even see it until I interviewed him. I was like, oh, wait, this is how it is. Mm. Right? And, and You realize how fortunate you are to a certain degree, right? Yeah, it is. And it's like, like when I when, even when I'm living in Singapore uh, living in KL now yeah. I'm making Sing dollar Oof. I'm making US dollar and wow. and because of that I live a super comfortable life yeah. you know and when I was when I was in Malaysia at first it, it didn't really dawn on to me that it was because I was making a bigger currency you know I was Very just like oh everything is more affordable it's cool it's yeah. fine yeah. but as I got to make more friends I got to realize how much people are actually making yeah. you know what are their rents how much they pay for fuel and yeah. all this kind of stuff I'm like okay now I know why I feel affordable because I'm making sing dollar mm. right and yeah I'm very lucky that I have my investments I yeah. have a job yeah. you know which my good friend hired me so yeah you, you guys may not get that you know it's <laughs> yeah. not so easy but yeah. it's good stuff so when you look at Malaysians they probably are just more opportunistic because they have to be they have to be right yeah. if not they will they will not be making much right the, the mid-management right so I have some friends in like junior mid-management yeah. they make about like six to seven thousand mm. ringgit yeah and that is, wow. it doesn't even match our fresh grads pay here. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And actually food in Singapore is really cheap. It is. You, you have to know where to look. But yeah. generally it is. Generally yeah. it's really cheap. $4, $5. I wanted to say three, but three don't really exist anymore. Uh, right? so, two decades back. Yeah, maybe. two decades yeah. back. Right? So well, I remember those days were like $1 chicken rice. But, I do not remember. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> Too young okay. for that. <laughs> oh, damn, but yeah, so it was like, it was like four, five, six dollars, right? Yeah. And Many people don't realize that it is because the government has rigged the game. They built food centers and they charge all these hawkers at subpar price. Yeah. So all these hawk all these hawkers can then extend that that liberty of charging lower prices mm. to consumers. Yep. And because we the government built so many hawker centers around and all these hawkers are charging this kind of prices, it then forces the private markets to charge the same price. Yes. Yep. Right, so, so it's rigged. Yeah, it's rigged. Said, yeah. It's rigged. Right, so we don't have a free. Okay, I would say Malaysia have a freer market because the government doesn't intervene. Right, <laughs> so we don't exactly have that free a market here. Yes, but I don't think we have a bad market here. You know, mm. like a lot of things that we rig are are not bad per se. Mm -mm. Right, it, it's all it, matter of yeah, perspective. Perspectives. Yeah. I think there's a lot of social good in a lot of these things that we try to manage. Yep. Right, so I think that's where it is. So Malaysians are definitely more hungry. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're in Singapore, I think you should do it. 
right? Take the opportunity. You know, a lot of people say when you're young, you should do it. I would say that even when you're old, you should do it. If you have something that, you know, you feel for. And in fact, a lot of people didn't know is that the success rate of older entrepreneurs are a lot higher. There are a lot of research mm -hmm. studies in Silicon Valley to because Silicon Valley is like all the startups are there, right? Yeah. So the, the research on the surface shows that there are more startups created and succeeded, you know, uh, because the founders were young, mm. you know. But actually, when you look at the research, the success rates of the older entrepreneurs are way higher. Mm. It's just that not less, yeah, there are not many of them, <laughs> yeah. right? So it seems as though, you know, all the big startups and you know, all these young people, they do startups. Only young people can do startups. But it doesn't make a very good headline when you say like there is mm. a 40-year-old CEO who made a million as compared to a 20-year-old CEO who made a million. Yeah, so there is yeah. no media buzz. Yeah. People don't look at it. You know? So in a sense, the media is always looking for exciting Yeah, young, young, young. As I said, because... I think one of my points that I really want to get your opinion on is because of social media. Mm -hmm. It's undeniable that it's very uh, integrated into our lives and in integrating into the way we consume media these days. So with something as easily accessible as social media, let's say for Instagram, you have a very opportune place to breed uh, a certain lifestyle. You can breed the image that you want. Yes. So it's very easy to, to portray us in an image of success, yes. even through social media. Yes. I would imagine that this could be a reason why there is a lot of fixation on success and success at an early age, which generates a lot of pressure. So as going back to your point before, like a lot of people do stop uh, being entrepreneurs or starting a business if they fail once because there is the internal uh, pressure to succeed by the age of, let's say, 23. Yes. Succeed by the age of 22. Yes. And... As I said, as, as as you mentioned, it also depends largely on the characteristics characteristics of the person. Yeah. Whether they pick up themselves after that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I do think social media make the world look smaller. Mm. Right. So when we feel like the world is smaller, then we start comparing with everyone else. Mm. You know, and we will look at our friends, you know, they're always at a cafe, you know, always traveling and, you know, always doing all these kind of fun things yep. and, you know, like being an entrepreneur, going for events, yep. you know, meeting investors, closing deals, you know, being on the news because it's so readily consumable and it makes everything looks like very connected. It actually arbitrarily, arbitrarily affects our head. You know, like, mm, like subconsciously, really. Yeah, subconsciously, like we are not even conscious that oh, actually, you know, all these things are happening. You know, makes, I mean, there are a lot of studies to show like how social media has exacerbated depression. Has you know, I think we'll only get to see the effects of it, let's say, five years from now, because it's yeah, so recent. It's so recent, and yeah. and then like our juniors, like people like early twenties, yeah, you know, like they literally grew up in an environment with social media, like. Yeah. At, after they are born, their parents create a Facebook account for them, <laughs> right? And then, right? And then all the old people are in Facebook, so nobody wants to post on Facebook. Everyone go went to Instagram. <laughs> that right? is true. Then that Instagram true. became so boring, and then Snapchat came in. Instagram yeah. copied Snapchat, and then now there's TikTok, right? Yeah. So, a lot of like my younger brother or like like our juniors, they 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 grew up in an environment with social media, and we need to have some reality check, you know, when it comes to what actually is a part of people's life, right? Honestly, mm. if 
um, for like a better way to put it, if I feel myself shitting in the toilet, mm. you know, w- would you want to watch? No one wants to watch something like, okay, maybe some people will. Maybe, huh? yeah. Yeah, but, you know, so people only want to show you their best, you best know, parts, the best parts of their life on social media, yeah. right? Because that's kind of, that's kind of where it is, mm. right? And when I look at it, it, I, I had to take some time to detach myself from social media. So I went to backpack and when while I was backpacking, I made it a point not to buy data. How right? do you get around it? Exactly. So that for all of you who didn't know, Google has like offline maps. Mm. Okay. So you could always download offline maps of, of wherever you want to go. And then while you're traveling somehow or another, I don't know how they do it, yeah. but you know where you are, you know where you want to go. You could search and they will send you there. Creepy, huh? Yeah. Creepy, yes. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah. You know, but it's the microchip in your head. Yeah, man. Maybe they, maybe they chipped me and I was sleeping. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... So when I did that backpacking thing for a while, I had this capacity to to view the world differently, right? I, I slowed down. I wasn't on social media and I got a lot of social, real social relationships with people... Mm you know, on the roads. Mm. Right? I was having coffee and then someone was next to me. I don't, I'm not on my phone. So I said, hi. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing here? Right? And, and then it brings me back to life. Mm. Right? To, to the reality of, you know, mundane life. You know, but within this mundane life, there are also so many pockets of interesting stuff that we have just conveniently forgot. Interesting. Right? And, and when you look at how social media has transformed our lives, it is pretty scary and it's not easy to detach yourself from that. You know, it's like how... I remember yesterday when I was walking around CBD, right? Mm. And um, you know how we used to have renovation and they would just build these barriers? Like hoarding? Yeah. Right. So, you know, like... Uh, yeah, and, and it's just like white. Yeah. Right? And these days, they design their barriers. I mean, there's very nice pretty pictures of what you should aspire to now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Condo pictures. Yeah, no, and... And I actually saw them building like murals on those stuff. Wow. It's like Instagrammable, mm. right? You know, it's like you could literally, I, I literally saw people doing that. Yep. <laughs> they were like Instagramming, you know, yep. I'm, like, I'm like, isn't that a construction site? Mm. You know, but that construction site made it a point to like beautify, yep. you know, the site, yep. right? And and people were doing Instagram shots, right? So it is, it is changing the was way- Was it puzzling to you? It was mind-blowing. I was like, it is already crazy enough that- you know, how malls and are setting up all these different kind of small little locations, spots, really, yeah, spots yeah. right? To like do Instagram and stuff. But it blew my mind when when they went to construction sites. So I'm like, mm. my goodness, in a construction site? And there are people doing it. I mean, when you say it like that, mm, it, it's super puzzling. Yeah, but most people will not observe that because they're just walking by and yeah. life's just carrying on. Yeah. You know, but I was, I had some time and I was like, you know, me being me, I just observe things from different perspectives. Yeah. And I look at it, I was like, whoa, this has changed the world. Yeah. And it's also because of that, we really need to revisit our lives, you know, our real lives, you yeah. know, and, and not just be in digital media, mm. you know. But can we detach ourselves fully? I think it's very difficult. It is so fun to be on social media. It is built to, it's built to echo your thoughts, Right, it is built to like the whole algorithm is built to talk to you, speak to you. Do you think right? it satisfies a very innate need for ourselves to express ourselves individually? Yeah, 
It does. Yeah. It pries on that need to be accepted. It pries mm. on that need to be agreeable. Yeah. You know, it pries on our fears, you know. Of being rejected. Yeah, of being rejected. Yeah. And it's like when I so I mean the US elections is going on, right? Yes. So I'm not sure how much do you follow it? Please, please predict the yeah. future who will win. Ah <laughs> uh, my goodness. So I'm a Bernie supporter. So Bernie twenty twenty. Yeah, Bernie, <laughs> vote Bernie twenty twenty. Donate gotcha. Bernie twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. but yes, I love Bernie. Yep. But when when I look at it, even I was freaked out by the YouTube algorithm. Why? Because everything was about Bernie. Because mm. you know, it, even the other side of the argument was also Bernie. It's like Bernie versus Biden. It's like everything is Bernie. Yeah. You know, and that is the kind of perspective that you have. You watch one video and everything just... Yeah, it's, it's like, like Bernie, 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 Bernie. Yeah. It's like, burn, feel the burn. You know, it's yeah, like... Yeah. But politics is so wide, right? Like, like I don't even have Trump videos anymore because oh. it's like Bernie is flooding the... You know, and, and because the algorithm picks up that I like Bernie, right? Yep. So everything is Bernie. Yep. So it's the same for many other things, right? And you could... You could really tell when if you if you use my phone now and you click on YouTube, yep. you you probably would be like, is this YouTube? Right? Mm. Because on your YouTube channel, yep. on, on your YouTube feed, it'll be so different. It's interesting, isn't it? Right. It yeah. is so interesting. Because that day I, I got a new phone and I didn't log into YouTube yet. Yeah. But I downloaded the app. Okay. So when I downloaded the app, I click in, and I was like, what are these videos? They like, recommend you Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cat video, Makan video, right? Yeah. All those kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. who watches these? You know, what, what is this? Mm. You know, and I realized, oh, okay, I haven't logged in. Right? So, so all these things, they add up. They add up. And yeah, sometimes I, I think it's a little scary. Okay. Yeah. To, to, to wrap up this conversation, how, how and where do you think we're headed? Because you mentioned something about companies getting entrepreneurs on board to, to spearhead or to lead certain government bodies. And I would imagine these people has or have a certain sense of how the economy is flowing, how they they have, they have a certain foresight. Mm-hmm. But with all you know about upcoming technologies and how, te- how the the rate at which technology is is improving, where do you think we're headed? And what do you think is necessary to 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 survive the next revolution? Because the industrial revolution is a game changer. The internet came out; it's another game changer. Mm. There have been talks about the fourth revolution, which is artificial intelligence. Yeah, and it's things, on the yeah. horizon. Yes. Oh, it's, it may even be here. It's I mean, already around, yes. yes. So what do you think is necessary to, to stay ahead of the game? What do you think personally is necessary? Personally, um, I know there is always a lot of talk about rescaling, right? You, you, you got you to <laughs> rescale. future, yeah, $500. Rescale, you know, and I go now to bake. I'm like, what the hell? Like... <laughs> You go for a baking course? What kind of future? Okay, sorry, Bruce. If you love baking, you want to be a home baker, do your thing, okay? I'm not saying you can't do it. Yeah. But honestly, $500, you're going to learn baking. You tell me this skills future. What kind of future are you going to... What kind of future are you going to get? cookies, right? yeah. yeah. And open an Instagram account, right? Yeah. And then like sell home bakes, you know? It's cool. I actually support that. I think it's cool. You know, a lot of people didn't know there's this HDB small business scheme. You should go and check it out, right? Like how to... Open your hair salon in uh, in at home. How mm. to do your kind of music school at home? How to do, you know? So do that. I think it's cool. Uh, it's it's a great initiative. Okay, it's been around for a long time. I'm not going to talk much about that, but yeah. check it out. But when you look at like reskilling, the reality it is very challenging, mm. right? Like 
we all know that coders are making a lot of money these days. It is the language of yeah, the future. It is language of the future. Yeah. But do you really want to go and learn how to code? Mm. You know, I'm like, I, 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 I thought I wanted to learn and it, it went to my mind, but once it went in, it went out. You know, it's like, it's like it just didn't <laughs> stick. I'm like, do I really want to learn a code? I'm not sure, man. Do you think fundamentally that the, the definition of what a job is, is changing? It is. It is changing and it's... The reality is we will probably move towards an even more globalized... Even more globalized? Job market. Okay. Okay. So yes, while we are trying to... Pri- we are, okay, you see a lot of nationalism these days, right? <laughs> They're trying to protect their borders, protect their... But the internet is going to... It's gonna smash it. It flattens all. everything. It flattens everything. You know, it's you know, even if you run block me from China, I could use VPN. Mm. Right? It's like, yeah, what this VPN closes, there's another one. It's okay. Mm. Right. So the job market is very global. And when the job market is global, you're fighting against everyone. Mm. Right. It's so, a ridiculous notion to consider. Ridiculous notion, yes. And when you look at that notion, you realize that full-time jobs may never exist in due time. Right? Maybe only the government will hire full-timers. Or maybe the government may outsource the call center, right? And outsource different stuff. Can you imagine your, your parliament is all yeah. freelancers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We are part-time parliament, yeah. you know, people. Part-time politician, right? Oh, they're all robots. Actually, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Actually, if you think about it, they are part-time politicians. How so? They held their full-time job, you know? And mm. a lot of... Okay, I'm trying not to be too political, but I, I don't like it when politicians come in late for parliament. Right? It's... It's like the parliamentary debate has started. Yeah. And you stroll in. Mm. My goodness. You know, we don't pay you peanuts, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I know you make a little bit more from your legal job or whatever, but at least please respect the parliamentary process. And don't make it, don't let me feel like, you know, this parliament thing is a show. Mm. You know, I want you to be there to discuss, to debate, give me quality stuff. Yeah. Right. And but that is that is that, that is, aside. That, that is aside. another conversation for another day when you another come back day. to lovely Singapore. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But when you look at the job future, you realize that it's a global market. More and more people will be on contract basis. And like it or not, you've got to manage your finances, you know, given where it is now. I cannot predict where the future will robots take over all these kind of stuff. Right. So two two ways to do it, right? The first way is you gotta manage your finances, right? Given a good day now, right? It's a, it's it's still it's still fine. You know, the world's st- not on fire. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not on fire. We're still making money. Take this time to try to build your capital and be more on the side of the capital people, right? So there's the there are the the laborers and the capitals, the capital the capitalist, <laughs> right? So you want to try to be on the capital side when you have money. It's very different. You see things differently. You know, you mm. you, you think of how to bring people together to make things work rather than how to work. Okay. Right. So it's a very different viewpoint. So that is one thing. And the other thing that I think people should do is to push for national conversation around policies. National conversation around policies. Okay. Yeah. Our country, we don't talk much about politics. We, we don't, talk o- over kopi, hush hush. Yeah, yeah, hush hush hush. Very yeah. quiet. Hey, hey, nobody huh, can talk. Huh? Mm. Right. You know, so we, we, we need to have more conversation around how do we you know, secure our retirement? How do we, you know, protect our industries? How do we empower our people? You know, and are we dabbling with basic income? You know, because if robots take over everything, who's going to pay for what? Mm. You know, and all these kind of different elements that we definitely need to discuss. Yep. And I think these two things are what we as, you know, every Singaporeans need to do. Do you think right? this is a certain sense of foresight or even awareness that could be lacking in Singaporeans today because who's going to teach all these things? I mean, 
there is no specific class on the future yes. in, in, in schools. You yes. learn a certain skill set, you are boxed in, let's say if you go to polytechnic, you mm. learn a science course. You yes. learn everything to do with science. Yes. And they may, I think the one thing I have, one of my main gripes about schools and academies that it is slow. It is always going to be slower than the industry because they have to prepare. Yes, they, they have to make it, it digestible. Yes. So who who's going to teach all this? Yeah, oh, being aware of the future. Yeah, does it depend on the individual to to be hungry and to be curious mm. about what is happening outside of Singapore? Fair. So when you look at it, there is always this discussion: is is it the government's job or the mm. individual's job? Yep. Right. So we are always straddling between the social public side of things and the individual personal interest, right? You, you know, it's like how in the past they have pension schemes and these days the CPF and CPF is like not even enough and then people got to prepare their own stuff, right? Yep, yep. So it's always this back and forth. We will always be trying to find a balance. You know, yes. when there's too much responsibility on the individual, the individual will, you know, will revolt and talk about <laughs> it and be very angry about it. Then the government will be like, okay, we got to do some things, yep. come in and do all these things. And when the government comes in and step in with all these kind of policies and strategies and then they may be inefficient or people may not like the direction then people get angry again you know and then yeah. and then they want to get back more power so there's always this this dynamic you mm. know but when i look at it as an individual your best bet is to be a good individual to rely on yourself to rely on yourself and you know not hope that the government will do something of course we all want the government to do something because I, I elected you and I'm in, indirectly hiring you. Indirectly, yeah. Right, because I pay taxes and, yeah. and the taxes pay for you and I'm hiring you yeah. to innovate and You have certain level of expectations. There is an expectation, right? And which is why when it comes to our generation, this electorate is not easy to convince, right? We are not loyal to party. Mm. We are interested in thoughts. We are interested in policies. We are interested in future. Future right, is the key right. word. Future yeah. is the key words, right? So, all these politicians need to level up their game. And I'm sure they're trying to do their stuff. But when we bring it back down to ourselves in our lives, we got to be responsible, you know, with with what we have and where we are trying to go towards. Not just with finance, I would assume. Not just with it's, finance. It's the whole package. It's the whole package, you know. And yeah, we, we got to do what we got to do. Mm. Right, it's a lot more holistic than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> than yeah, I thought this conversation is. would turn out to be. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it would be all about finance, right? I, I actually thought it would be all about finance, also. You know, but, but I yeah. think that's 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 a brilliant way to wrap up. So, yeah. where can people find you? Come on Spotify, search the Financial Coconut. Okay, you know, or Singapore Finance, whatever. Was you... the Duran taken? Come again? Was the Duran taken? <laughs> okay, so some friends asked me why I chose it. Yeah. I just like coconut. Like the, the flesh, the yeah. the water or everything about okay. it. Like I like okay. the water, I like the flesh, and I like this vibe that it brings, you know, like this beachy vibe. Like you're yeah, about the beach, you know, chill, you know. I just want it to be chill. Or you're in fun. Thailand getting ripped off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's kinda where it is, you know. Yeah. You can join our telegram group. We have a community telegram group. You can join our Facebook page. How do people find you on Telegram? The financial coconut. Just search okay. the financial coconut. Okay. You will you will see us. Coconut and not coconuts. Yeah. Coconut. Yeah, coconut. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's where it is. All right. Thank cool you for stuff. your time. I would love to to have part two of this conversation when you're back in Singapore. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely check in again. Yeah. See Thank you. Ya guys. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.